0: You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as the family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. But it is, um, it's good to be here today. I just want to welcome everybody, whether it's your first time, your second time, your third time, your hundredth time, however many times you've been here. Uh, Welcome. It's nice to have you for joining us online. Welcome. It's nice to have you. Um, So we are Pretty well into our transformed series, who feels transformed? Wow, you sinful people! What is wrong with you? I've become perfected already. No, just kidding. No. Now, this series has been awesome, um, and even preparing for this series is great. Um, and I have the luxury of preparing for for a sermon almost every almost every week at our at our youth. Um, meetings on Sunday nights, and a lot of times, you know, I ask, God, what do you, what do you want me to share about, Father? What do, you, what do you want? You know, what do you want me to communicate? And, you know, and I'll be like, you know, I'll just pray and just spend some time, and I feel like God will give me something. I'll be like, that's great. The kids need to hear that. And then as I'm prepping, I'm like, Lord, is this for is this for them? Is this for me? Which one? He just goes, eh, it's a little bit of both. Just, just do what I say. I'm like, all right, yes, yes, sir. Um, but I'm excited to, to share this, even preparing for this. I just really felt like God was challenging me. I know as we've been doing this sermon series that God has been challenging me uh, in a couple of ways specifically, just even the way that I think or the, the way that I would want to naturally react to something. He's been trying to, to make that reaction less like me and more like him, less Josh-like and more Christ-like. And so today I would like to hopefully kind of continue um, in that that transformation thought and st- uh, uh, continue to move toward thinking, acting, responding even less like maybe we would naturally and more like, like Christ would respond. You know, if you've ever read the Bible, which hopefully maybe we have a little bit, is that you kind of realize, like, man, the way Jesus responds to things, the way that he does things is the opposite of a lot of what I do. <laughs> and that's okay, but we're supposed to be moving toward... Be more like him, right? And so today, I want to talk about something that is, is uh, hard for me at times. Even yesterday, uh, um, babe, I told you I wasn't going to talk about you a lot in this sermon. And um, I, I'll try to keep that true. She, she always says, oh, uh, what are you going to say about me this Sunday? And I was like, I don't know. Hopefully nothing. But Because typically she yells at me afterwards. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yesterday, we were in the car. And we were both so exhausted. We were coming back from a uh, a weekend with a bunch of um, her cousins. Uh, all of her cousins got together. Her sister Kayla is moving to Uganda. Who knows Kayla? She's incredible. She's going to be there for for a few years. And and so we kind of decided, hey, like as, as family as cousins, let's hang out before she goes. And so you know we were up pretty late the night before playing not Rummy Cube Elaine, but they did have it. Um, but we were playing games and hanging out, and so we're, I'm driving home last night. I'm just exhausted, and all of a sudden we're like, she's like, we should get ice cream. I'm like, okay, we can get ice cream. I don't want ice cream, but we can get ice cream. I, mean, I got an ice cream a lot bigger than hers, so evidently I did want ice cream. But and somehow we got into this like quick like jab jab about like ice cream, and then I was like so like I'm thinking about my message like as I'm still driving, and I just had this exchange with her, and I'm like. man, like, it's going to be really hard for me to talk about, like, forgiveness and, like, loving people and saying sorry and everything, right, if I don't do it right now. So kind of begrudgingly this morning made her coffee and stuff, and I was like, I love you, I'm sorry, you know, blah, 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 and I forgive you and, you know, all that stuff. But so, (laughs) so why is it hard sometimes to forgive? Is it just me? Has anyone else ever found it is hard to forgive, and it's hard for me to forgive little things like she made a rude comment about ice cream. Like, how much harder would it be to forgive something that, like, is a real pain hurt in your life? It's hard. Like, I, I know, um, you know, being a, I'm, I'm not a dad, but being an uncle, I have a lot of nephews and one poor niece, Marley, who's honestly, she can beat all of them. But then one more niece on the way. But, so I have, I have a niece and I have nephews and I'm a youth pastor. So I deal with young people a lot. And, and forgiveness is a lot of times hard for young people. But I think like it's quietly harder for old people. Like I remember like, you know, my mom would always make me and my brother, you know, say sorry. You know, and then she, you know typically be like, okay, you know, Levi, say sorry for throwing that, you know, like stapler at Josh's head. And he'd be like, "I'm sorry," you know. Like, I don't want to say I'm sorry, but mom's gonna make me do chores if I don't. So I'm sorry, you know. And then it'd be like, you know, mom would be like, "Now hug your brother and say you forgive him." And I'd be like, "Ah." And so you're like, "All right." And so like, but in the hug, you'd be like, you know, you're like, or you pinch him in the back, and you know, you just kind of do something and be like, "You're not forgiven." I have to do this because mom is here, but you're not forgiven. Like, you know. So us kids, maybe you know, we're a little bit more blatant with our. I don't really forgive you. A lot of times adults would be like, everything's fine. I forgive you. Like As soon as it happened, I forgot about it. But really, (laughs) married people know what I'm talking about. But we can hold on to this thing, can't we? A lot of times we can hold on to unforgiveness in our life. And God has kind of helped me identify this thing in in my life when I have unforgiveness towards someone. If someone walks into a room and I see them, and like kind of the first reaction or thought I have is like negative or judgmental or whatever it may be. That's like there's some unforgiveness in my life toward that person. And a lot of times even just saying the word, I forgive you, doesn't necessarily all of a sudden these magical forgiveness fairies sprinkle dust on you. And then you're just like, man, I forgot what I was even mad about. No, but forgiveness a lot of times is a choice, isn't it? And it's something that it might not be like emotionally all of a sudden you just feel like no more her or being upset at that person anymore. I have found in my own life that it has actually taken me sometimes years to like truly forgive someone. You know, where all of a sudden there's a transformation of you seeing that person not thinking, oh, they suck or they did this or they did that or remembering that thing. But instead a transformation of then thinking, I'm so glad to see them doing well. Like, that's a powerful thing. I remember this has happened multiple times in my life when, like, there's been, I I, I don't even know when exactly it happened, but there's maybe someone who who I have had negative or hard feelings about because something in our relationship has happened or, or something they did to someone else, whatever, but, like, then all of a sudden, like, there's a moment of, like, I have this realization that, man, like, I don't have that thought about them anymore. That's God, that's the Holy Spirit moving in us, bringing forgiveness into our life, but it starts with a choice. And it's something that I found I have to forgive people more than once. I'm not saying I have to go up to them every morning and be like, you know, Jeeves, I forgive you for this. I forgive you for that. And like him, him keeping like, just okay, so you've told me that like 30 times. No, but I'm saying like a lot of times it's something you in your head have to even make a choice. And just say, I forgive that person. I forgive that person. I forgive that person. It's not always immediate. Sometimes it is. But for me, I found a lot of times that it's something that is kind of an ongoing walk in my life, is walking through forgiveness with people. And there's this, uh, th- this verse that we've probably all heard at a wedding or something at some point of our, in of our lives. And it's 1 Corinthians. I think I got it for you. Who's doing it? Is it Jer? Jer, I think I got it for you. 1 Corinthians 13, four for five. And it says, and it says this. Not that one. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5, I'll read it here. Love is patient. And we're all like brought back to that memory of that cute wedding we saw and that pastor read this and we were all like, oh, that's so sweet. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And this is a part. It keeps no record of being wronged man, I struggle with that. I feel like a lot of times I have this scale in my head. I wronged you, you wronged me, we're about even. You wronged me two more times. Yeah, you're kind of up here, you know. Whatever, like it keeps no record of being wronged. And you may think, well, how can I have that attitude toward this person who did this to me? Now, I just brought up a couple of you know lighthearted examples of, of, of giving forgiveness in situations where you need to give forgiveness, but there's real moments in our lives when real pain is put on us because of the actions and choices of someone else, things that can devastate us, things that can hold us back for years and years and years, things that can hold on to us for years and years and years, but it says that love keeps no record of being wrong. So you may think, man, how could I ever act in love toward this person after what they did that's not fair i've bad news this morning jesus has called us to love even our enemies in matthew 5 verse 43 and 44 it says this you have heard that the law says love your neighbor and hate your enemy But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And and in that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. So if you love them, if we love people, even and especially our enemies, we'll be acting as true children of our Father. True children, representing Him, representing His character, representing His heart. And this is part of that transformation, our natural reaction to being hurt or having some, some, something we need to forgive would maybe be to, like, outwardly say I forgive you, but inwardly be like, but I'm putting up a wall, and that ain't going to happen again. You know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me once, you know, uh, no, fool me once, shame on you, fool me once, fool me twice, shame on me, that's what it is. <laughs> but so we kind of have this attitude of, like, not going to happen again, I'll tell you that. I'm never going to give you that opportunity to hurt me like that again. So I'm going to create distance. I'm going to to do whatever I have to do to make sure that doesn't happen again. But if we're supposed to act like true children of God, representing who he is, his heart, his character, we can't really do that, can we? Because if God did that to me and God did that to you, where would we be? I wouldn't be in a good place to tell you that much right now. Every single day... I go to God, and I'm like, God, I was an idiot yesterday for doing this. Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Because does God just say, hey, man, listen, I know that you said you're sorry, but I have to, I really just need, like, I need to create some distance in this relationship. I just see some areas of unhealth. You keep hurting me, and I really need to, you know, just, nah, he doesn't love us like that, does he? He doesn't. He doesn't love us in that way. He doesn't put up a wall and tell us, listen, man, you've, you've hurt me enough times. You've gone against me enough times. It's over. And Jesus is calling us to love our enemies, pray for them, and act as true children of our Father, which means representing him, his heart, his character. So love them, and we'll be acting as true children just like our Father. In Romans 5 verse 8, it says this, but God showed his great love for us. By sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Can we do that same thing for people? Can we accept that this is a broken world, people are broken, you, me, all of us, none of us are perfect. We all have issues. Can we be okay with knowing that people are going to hurt us, but we're called to give radical forgiveness? It's a hard process for me to walk through honestly. Like, like I said, like they there's just one person that, that just years ago in my life just really, really, really hurt me deeply. Like RTF kind of stuff. I had to bring it up from a store, and I cried about it. But like this deep pain that someone caused in my life, and every time I would see or even think of that person, it would like ruin my day. Has anyone ever like have experienced that in their life? Like you, maybe if you see them, well, you could be at a water park with your family having, like, the best day of your life, and if you saw them, day would be ruined. An anger would rise up within you. Like, there'd be this 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 thing in you that's just like, I can't even enjoy the rest of my life. I can't have fun. I, because this thing has got such a grip, such a hold on you. Like, that was what it was for this person with me. I would literally, like, if I'm scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or if I saw them in person or whatever, if I thought of them, there'd be this, like, this this meanness, this anger that would happen in me. But that's not how God has called us to live. He wants us to live in freedom. And the incredible thing about forgiveness is that it actually brings freedom for you. It takes away that that weight, that thing you're putting on that person, but even more than that, God is so good that he so encourages encourages us to forgive because he knows the freedom it brings for you and for me. Though the beauty of that transformation, like I said, is is walking through that, that process of forgiveness of God. The beauty is I can now see that person and I have a genuine like I am so glad that they are doing well. Look at what they're doing with their life. That's beautiful. And that's something that's not natural to me. That's something that had to be God transforming something in my life, changing a way that I naturally would act or respond to something, saying, no, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not just going to hate forever anymore. We're not just going to check people off anymore. Because I I, Did I do that with you? No, God, you didn't do that with me. Okay, so we're going to work toward this thing called forgiveness and loving people the way that I have called you to love people. Forgiveness, it sets us free you know, when I was preparing for this message, I like was just randomly Googling some things about forgiveness. I was like, I know like, you know, I've grown up in, in, in church and you know, my mom and dad, you know, raised, raised me in the church and raised me, with, raised me with biblical values and everything. And I was like, what is, I wonder what, like, what does the world kind of say? If I were to Google like forgi- effects of forgiveness or non-forgiveness, like what pops up? I was just curious. And, and I was actually like astonished to see that I read a, a couple health journals it actually said that forgiveness, or unforgiveness, excuse me, can cause depression, stress, fatigue, and loss of sleep. Like, there's the whole emotional, psychological side of all this, right, with like that anger and everything that happens to you. Then there's a the literal, like, your body health side of things. So if you, if you don't forgive people, you hold all that hate in you, it has an effect on you, on your health, it messes with you. And so that's why God is so clear. There are countless verses in the Bible about forgiveness over and over and over and over. And you're like, God, why is this so important? Because God realizes if we don't forgive, if we hold this thing in us, what it does to us it makes us mean, it makes us angry makes us hard to love, it makes us put up walls and borders that he doesn't want us to put up, and it actually can steal your your the joy of your life, the health of your life from you. For Now, forgiving in this way, loving in this way, like we said, it requires transformation. To forgive some things that have happened, like there's, there's people in this room I know like things have been done to you or the are wrong, 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 wrong. And so it's not a natural thing for you to be able to even forgive that person. But the Holy Spirit can transform your heart. Take that heart of stone out and say, I'm going to give you a heart of flesh so that you start to see them in the way that Jesus sees them. And that's what I feel like happened to me with this individual is I stopped seeing them from my perspective of what a jerk. I can't believe this and I can't believe that. And, and man, you know, they deserve whatever. And he said, no, I'm going to start letting you see them the way that I see them. Somebody who's just like you, is broken, made a stupid decision. So it's so important that we can see people through the lens of not how we would see them but how God Sees it, and that requires transformation, that requires a death to self, too like just choosing because unforgiveness is something that we like to hold on to, right? Because it kind of like balances that scale. Well, you did this, so I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna forgive. But is that what grace is? Do you know what the definition of grace is? The definition of grace is a gift freely given but undeserved. So when we talk about the grace of God, we sing this song, Amazing Grace. We sing about God's goodness, his grace. We're singing of how he has given us a gift that we never deserved, but he gave it freely and we had to do nothing to receive it. That's beautiful. That grace is something that God desires each and every single one of us to walk in, that we can walk every day and give that kind of grace to the people around us. I'm reminded of my sister Molly was telling me yesterday or actually I saw a a, a, a video or no a, a post of hers on Facebook. She says someone was a jerk to me and the line at Tim Hortons they were honking at me because I wasn't moving my car fast enough. They got out of their car, they're like, We got places to be, let's go. Just screaming at her. And so she said, I was like, Oh my gosh. She goes, but like the Holy Spirit just said something to me and just said, pay for him. Pay for his pay for his coffee. So she was like, I don't want to pay for that jerk. <laughs> I want to charge mine on his, actually. But, yeah, he's with me. He's, he'll take care of it. But, no, she said, she felt like God told her, pay for that, man. So she did. That's what grace is, a gift freely given but not deserved. And that's what God's grace is for each and every single one of us, that every time we go to him, that grace is sufficient. And if we are to be true children of God, ambassadors for christ i hate to say it but we have to carry that same kind of grace in our heart for everyone around us if it's something small if it's something big whatever it may be we are called to give that kind of grace the very way we think even needs to change from screaming for justice and allowing grace Justice is something that is, 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 a, is a characteristic of God. God is a just God, is he not? He's a just God. But Here's the thing. We are flawed individuals. It's not our job to be judge. That's his job. And so if you're worried about this cosmic balance of justice, well, if I forgive them, you can't just let that go, what they did. Forgiveness is not saying what happened was okay, that it was acceptable, that it was right. It's not saying any of that. But Jesus was not sitting there on the cross saying, this isn't fair. This isn't right. Why do I have to pay for the sins of these people? He didn't. You know where his thoughts actually were? Some of the last words that Jesus ever said was, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And there's something about that verse that every time I read it or I speak it it just doesn't make sense it's a non-natural way of thinking that the very people who I mean not even I mean he, and he's forgive, he's asking that for everyone he's not even just saying that for the people who you know who led him here or the people who betrayed him he's, he's saying that for the people that put the, hand, the, the nail in his hand and spat on him. Swore at him, cursed him out when they were doing it. These weren't even people who, you know, were just doing their job, just they're like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I have no, they were like enjoying the pain that they were inflicting on this man. They were inflicting on Jesus to turn around in a moment and say, God, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. From my perspective, it would seem they seem to know what they're doing. <laughs> There's no confusion here. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing to me. But God said, no, they don't understand because they're broken. So we have to start seeing people not just through the, 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 our eyes, but we have to start seeing them through the way that Jesus sees us, that he sees you and me, which is they just need someone to love them. They don't know what they're doing. That pain They're inflicting on you. I don't know what they're doing. You know, there's that that old adage like a a bully, someone who bullies people. Why does a bully bully people? Teachers in the room. Because they're hurting, right? Exactly. They're like, man, I can't control anything in my life. I'm being hurt in this way, this way, and that way. There's something that they want to inflict pain so there's someone hurting worse than them. That's not the way that God has called us to love people. When we are experiencing that pain, he desires for us to just to give it right to him. There's this quote by um, Martin Luther King Jr. that I love. It says, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. To develop it. Like I said, like even when we're little, Forgiveness isn't something that naturally comes to most of us. Maybe my sister Hannah. She was always really sweet. But for most of us, forgiveness isn't something that we're just born with and it's easy peasy. Not a problem. I'll forgive everyone and forget about it the next second. Like, it's it's hard because there's this thing in us it, so that's like, that's not fair. Like, even when I was, you know, like, uh, with having to apologize to my brother or whoever. I was like, it's not fair. He's the one who was ninja what do you call them? Ninja stars. He was, we would get these CDs. You know like how you used to be able to go to like Walmart and buy like a 50 pack of like CDs? And like they're all blank and you could like burn stuff on them. We would use those, those ninja stars at each other. Yeah. And our sisters like loved burning CDs. And we would just like go in their room. We knew where the stash was and we just take them and we'd be like, ah! And we just throw them at each other. And then whoever started it, you know, like typically me probably. But you know, like, there's, there's this thing, and it's like, well, he threw it. Why do I have to apologize? He started it. Why? That's not fair. Well, forgiveness isn't fair. So it's something we have to develop. We must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. Love is forgiveness. Love is grace. You cannot separate those two things. You can't just pick and choose which parts of love you want to follow, and for, was it 1 Corinthians thirteen, what we just read? Like love is patient, love is kind. You can't just say, "Well, I'll be patient, but I don't want to be kind." You can't say, "Well, I'll, I'll I won't boast, but I'm not going to not envy." You can't pick and choose what parts of love you want to adhere to. Love is love, and it's all encompassing. It's all encompassing. So when Jesus says that on the cross. Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. That is an insane amount of love. That is an insane amount of grace, an insane amount of forgiveness. And you may think that it's one that's like too far out of reach, but the power of the Holy Spirit is not limited. Like you'd be amazed if you would let the Holy Spirit into your life, you'd let the Holy Spirit speak to you about what he can empower you to do. I don't even know if forgiveness like that is possible without him. I would say it's not. But, like, when we invite the Holy Spirit into those moments of forgiveness, the impossible becomes possible. We're able to forgive things that before maybe we weren't able to forgive. I think that only comes from him. Jesus knew how essential forgiveness was to be for one of his followers, he knew that forgiveness should mark the life of a follower. It should be one of the, the prime things that people think of when they think of you. You should be like, man, I can't, they forgave me. They came to you. They give me grace when I didn't deserve it. So there, there's this book that um, Justin gave me. Justin actually wanted to speak on forgiveness. Then I stole it from him. Um, <laughs> he said, oh, shoot, I'm going to be out of town this week. And then so they threw me in and, you know, asked me to do it. So I said, okay, And I I was like, I think I want to speak on forgiveness. He goes, oh, I was, I was, it's, no, it's fine. You can do it. You can do it. You can speak. He goes, I don't think I'm going to have the chance to anyway. So I was like, okay. And so he had bought this book. And I think, what what was it called? The Gift of Forgiveness, I think it's called. Um, It's by Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt, I think is is her name. Um, It's Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife, the Terminator, or um, daughter. The Terminator's daughter wrote a book on forgiveness. I find that hilarious. I don't know why. But... (laughs) There's just so many lines I can think of in the Terminator when I'm like, that's eh, not forgiveness. It's not not forgiveness. But she wrote a book on forgiveness. And I read probably like six pages of it. Because I forgot it at my house. I was gonna bring it to the to the weekend and so I had it on the table. And then, you know, we're like, oh shoot, we gotta go, pack the cooler, you know, we're out. And then we get to Stowe Vermont and I was like, oh no, I forgot my book. But the six pages I read were incredible. <laughs> Justin has this ongoing irritation with me because he's like, he'll, he, I don't know what it is. He knows I'm not a reader, but he just keeps trying to buy me books to, like, make me something that I'm not. Anyone else, Justin, will just randomly send you a book, like, yeah, it's so annoying. I'm like, Justin, I'm not you. I'm not a nerd, man. I don't just sit down and, <laughs> but he's always sending me books. And so this book, he's really wanting me to, to, to read, and there's so many books he sent me that... I'll read, like, I don't know, 10 pages or, or 100 pages, and then be like, I don't know. I think I think I get the gist. I'm going to skip to the end. It's just a recap. Yeah, I did. I got the rest. I got the rest. It's, I think it's going to be, I've always thought it'd be cool to write a book, and I think I've read enough half books now to realize that, really, it's just get your statement in, 75, 80 pages, and then just repeat it over and over and over, and then summarize it at the end. And there it is. It's done. But so this book, anyway, was incredible I just read the first story and it's literally just like 10 stories of incredible moments and acts of forgiveness just stories of of, of different people's lives when they just said I forgive you like when there was no reason no you should not forgive them is what it feels like and the power that that had on the other person was incredible. Like the person being forgiven was like, what do, you, what do you mean you forgive me? How could you do that? So this kind of forgiveness, it doesn't make sense. I'm telling you, if we live as, as people who live a life that is acting in forgiveness, people will say, what is wrong with you? In a good way. You know, we always, in youth, we would always, you know, our, our youth pastors would always say this thing like, you know, do you look different than the people around you? Do people come up to you and they say, man, you're different? And not like in a way like, yeah, I just, my hair's purple. But like, no, in this way of like, you act in ways that don't even make sense to me. You love in a way, you forgive in a way, you you, you go out of your way in this way that doesn't make sense to me. I think forgiveness is one of the ways that if we forgave people, and then forgive, and then there, there's this quote by Ern McManus I love. It's Ern McManus. He's this, this pastor in, um, in California, um, of, pastor of Mosaic Church. He says, I want to be the stop of everything negative said about someone, and I want to be the beginning of something good said about someone. He said, every time someone comes to me and they say, man, I don't know, John Drew, questionable man, blah, 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 and going on. And he said, I just want to put a stop to right there and just say, well, we're all imperfect, trying to become more like Jesus. But you know what he is? Man, he is an incredible grandfather. Man, he is an incredible, the way that he does this. And I love that because it's like saying, I'm not just saying I forgive you, but it's then saying now I'm with you and I'm for you. It's not even just releasing them of that thing that you feel like you have over them. Instead of saying, now I'm with you, I'm for you. I'm the person who should be the least likely person to say something incredible about you, but now I'm going to be the first person in line to say, they're awesome. And speaking to those things inside of us, calling something out of someone that maybe they don't even realize. There's this buddy of mine that that he's been going through a, a lot um, and and I just always say to him, man, you're a great, you're you're a great dad. You're a great dad. Man, you love your you love you love your girl well. You're a great dad. The way that you do this, is how intentional you are, and I, and I don't even think that they see themselves as that. But I'm calling something out of them. Just saying, you are, you are, you are. I'm speaking just in the way that, that Jesus says, man, you are holy. There ain't nothing holy about me. But he's calling something out of us because he's calling us closer to him. And I think the next step of forgiveness is after you, you, you get rid of that hate that you have, you invite the Holy Spirit into that and you say, Jesus, help me stop with this, this, this feeling of unforgiveness that I have, these negative thoughts or a, a idea I have toward this person. I think the next step of that that Jesus wants for us is then start saying, call, call him higher. Call them deeper, call something out of them, encourage them. So if we can do that, I think we're going to be looking really, really good. So I'm going to skip ahead to the end. Kristen, if you want to come up and play something like spiritual and gorgeous on the keys, whatever you feel. It's 10:30, so I'm going to I'm going to skip ahead because I'm like. A big pet peeve of like when they're like, "We're gonna be out of here at 11:30," and then you're like, "It's 11:52," and he's still talking. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get to the end real quick here, so we can all we can all go home and then go to pizza or wherever we go. Um, but there's this other quote by this guy, Erwin McManus, that I love, and he says this: the most spiritual thing a person can do is choose. If you think about it, God gave each and every single one of us free will to choose, right? Now, sometimes that choice is a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing. Thanks, Adam and Eve. But choice, forgiveness starts with a choice. Transformation starts with a choice to say, I'm going to choose to forgive this person. You know, in uh, Luke 15, maybe we've heard of the, the story of the, the prodigal son not familiar with it, go read Luke 15. It's incredible. It wrecks me every time. The story of this son, and his father is still alive. His father is a wealthy man, has a lot. And the son says to him, I want my inheritance now. And in that culture, to say that to your father was saying, I want you dead it's an inconvenience to me that you are alive, actually. So I would rather you be dead. But since you refuse to die, just give me what I get when you die now so I don't have to keep bearing this relationship anymore. I can do, take what I'm going to get from you and then go do whatever I want. And so the proper response to this would be um, a, a non-loving, affectionate response from the Father, we'll just say. You could actually be put to death. Like that heinous of a crime against, against your father, the, the paternal figure in your life. You could actually be put to death in, in their custom, in their law. But the father says this, okay. He gives him everything. The son goes off, spends it all. In a matter of, of years, has nothing left. And one night he finds himself that he's sleeping with a bunch of, of pigs and eating the, the stuff that the farmer throws in there, in the trough. And he had this revelation of something, I messed up somewhere. (laughs) And he realizes that even the servants, the slaves in my father's house, they eat better than me, they dress better than me, they have a better life than me. So I'm gonna go back to my father and I'm going to beg him to let me be his slave because at least then I'll be fed, I'll be warm and maybe, just maybe, he'll let me come back and so in the scripture it says that as he's rehearsing his speech on the long road up to his father's house, it said the father saw him from a long distance away. If you see something from a long distance, it means you're looking for it. It means that you're with anticipation waiting for the return of something. And this father is looking and he's waiting, hoping to see his son walk up that road. No matter what he did, no matter what his actions said, For someone to say to you, I wish you were dead. And from a son, your flesh and blood is a painful thing to hear. But when he sees his son coming, he rose up and he ran down to him. Now another thing in the the Jewish custom, it was very embarrassing, dishonoring, elderly men, fathers, paternal figures, they didn't run anywhere. It was actually like bringing shame upon you if you ran. But he ran to his son not caring about what people think. He embraced him. It says the son saw him coming and he began his speech. Father, I have sinned against you. I do not And then the father embraced him, scooped him up and wasn't listening to a single word. He shouted back to the house, prepare the fattened calf we're going to have a feast bring the family ring bring my robe clothe him, cover him my son has returned and I love this because in this picture is a picture of us going away from God not listening to him dishonoring him sinning against him but then it says that he runs toward us Now, I don't know what maybe unforgiveness you may have even of yourself, of towards someone else, but God's grace is sufficient for you. It's more than enough. Sufficient means more than enough. It's more than enough. And so I just want to challenge us right now, if we could even stand to our feet real quick if we want. If there is someone in your life are holding unforgiveness over. Just even close your eyes for 10 seconds. Think of it. Man, who am I holding forgiveness back from? Some of us, it might be immediate. There's someone who immediately jumps out to us. Some of us, that name might have immediately come to us and then we pushed it away. (laughs) But right now, I even just want to take a second and just say, God, help me forgive this person. Jesus, transform the way I think about them. God, transform the way that I look at them. Let me look at them from your perspective, not mine. Because right now, where you are, we're going to start the process of forgiveness right now. Jesus, help us. Help us forgive. The odds are you don't feel fluffy and warm and, and no bad thoughts now even toward that person but you started a process of forgiving that person. Now you might have to say, I forgive them 105 more times, (laughs) but it's worth it. And I promise you that when you invite the Holy Spirit into that place of hurt, that you'll see a transformation in the way that you think about them, in the way that you feel about them, that you will then start to transition in that place of man, I'm going to be the the person who says something good about them. I'm going to be the person who, who encourages them, calls them higher. Because that's what Jesus did for us. So I just want to pray. And we'll end our service. But Lord Jesus, I thank you that your grace is sufficient for us. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You are the miracle worker. You can do the impossible. So right now, Holy Spirit, we just each invite you into our lives to help us forgive those people in our lives who we need to forgive. God, help us to be true children of the Father, that we represent your heart, we represent your character, that we don't walk around just harnessing and holding on to these feelings of unforgiveness, Father, but we, we let them go. God, I just even pray for, God, the pain from that, that person. Lord Jesus, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you are the comforter. I pray that you comfort right now. God, I thank you that we don't have to be judged. God, I thank you that, that we don't have to, to, to think we have to hold on to that pain and unforgiveness. Father, no, we can just let it go. We can let you be God. And we can say, that's not my job. My, not. my job is not to hold that over them. My job is not to, to pass judgment on them. My job is to simply do what Christ has instructed me to do and to let you do the rest. So God, help us to do that this morning, I pray. Lord Jesus, help us to love people, to forgive people the way that you did, that you continually do for each and every single one of us. Father, give us that grace to continue to walk in a posture and an attitude and a heart of forgiveness. God, we thank you. In your name we pray. Everyone said amen. Amen. Well, go and be blessed. Have an incredible day. And don't let this process stop. Keep walking in forgiveness. If someone comes into your mind that you need to forgive, stop. Take a second. Do it right there. And then just invite the Holy Spirit. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.